back on the Fan Morning Show. Sportsnet 590 Fan. Happy Baby Friday to you all. Lots getting kicked off this weekend. March Madness, the Valspar Championship between Justin and myself. We continue the FanX Cup. Get your picks in for our bracket challenge as well. But good things do come to an end, and that's Canada's run at the World Baseball Classic. Let's chat to our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online. And in the showroom, visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It's Ben Nicholson-Smith, sports and MLB editor and co-host of At The Letters Podcast. Ben, it's been one day since I saw you. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, it's been a long time, but uh, <laughs> thankfully not too many uh, injuries or or. or... Uh, and not too much to report other than Canada being bounced from the tournament. Yeah, and, you know, I think we were really excited about the possibility of the win and in and the stakes that were at hand, and obviously Canada fell short yesterday um, by, you know, a lopsided score. But in general, when we tried to evaluate Canada's performance over the the three games at the World Baseball Classic, uh, is it promise? Is it inspiration? Is there disappointment? How do you try to wrap this up? Well, I think there has to be disappointment just knowing that they were close to doing more. And they were right in that game with Mexico yesterday, clearly had a chance to advance and to, to make some more noise and continue playing in this tournament. So there's there's real disappointment there, uh, especially because they did have a promising group really show itself in this tournament. And I, I think that that's a group that is very young and probably has a chance to do a lot of things in the next tournament four years from now. When you look at guys like Bo Naylor, who was able to hit that home run, Edward Julien, who was incredible all tournament long, Otto Lopez, who really impressed for Team Canada, Owen Casey, who did a great job as a, as a really young player, Cubs prospect. So there's a lot of talent on this team, and I don't think there's any doubt that that talent has the potential to continue developing, continue impressing um, as the years go by. But these tournaments only happen every four years. You can't time it perfectly. And, you know, that's where I think there is an element of disappointment for this team because they did have a chance to do some things that they hadn't done before. You mentioned injuries off the top. Uh, we'll get to Edwin Diaz and what looked like a scary one last night. But Freddie Freeman didn't play in yesterday's winning in game as well for, for Team Canada. I wonder how much different you think the outcome could have been with just the addition of him in the lineup. I know it's hard to speculate, but he, you know, he was one of the stars of Canada and he was not there in the game. That really did matter quite a lot. Yeah. It couldn't have hurt for Canada to have him um, out there yesterday. I mean, he's someone who's, who's bad obviously would have been um, really their, their best player, their best hitter. Um, So anytime he's out of the lineup, your chances of winning are going to diminish. I think at the same time, with Canada, they just didn't have the pitching. It's, you know, when I'm talking about the most um, exciting young Canadian players, a lot of that is position players. And you look at the pitching side of things, you know, of course, Cal Quantrill didn't have the tournament that he wanted to. Guys like Michael Soroka weren't playing. Um, so it's not that Canada doesn't have good pitching, but it's not on the same level as what we saw um, hitting-wise. And that's really true across the board in this tournament. So it's tough to compete against teams like Mexico or Japan that have actually some really good pitching depth. Um, Canada, unfortunately, didn't have that. So I think Freeman or not, they just were going to have trouble pitching uh, with the best hitters, pitching against the best hitters in this tournament. 
Yeah, it definitely seemed like, uh, you know, they just didn't have enough in the reserve this time around. And maybe that'll be different three years from now. Maybe maybe it won't be. Maybe this will be something that they're always dealing with. Um, uh, but, you know, if they had full MLB buy-in, it might have been a different story. But uh, full MLB buy-in is tough to get at this point. Unless you're the Americans, to a certain extent. Like, obviously, it's going to be a star-studded lineup either way. Um, but they certainly have had a lot of big-name players go out there and... Uh, um, help that team get to the position where they're in right now. But it might be too early for, I don't know, reflections or even projections. But I I wonder with, you know, the Edwin Diaz thing happening, but also all the great players that are playing for the United States, like, do we kind of, do we have any idea whether or not this latest World Baseball Classic and what we've seen will either help or hurt the tournament the next time it comes around? Yeah, the Diaz situation is is so... Troubling, of course. I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen, he went down after Puerto Rico won last night and had to leave the field in a wheelchair. So that's obviously not good. Clearly an indication that he's going to have to miss extended time um, with the Mets, or at least that would be the fear at this point. So, you know, as you move ahead here, it is a huge blow to the Mets. It's really, uh, you know, disappointing for Edwin Diaz, who just signed a $100 million contract to be their closer. I think at the same time, we all know that these risks exist, especially on the pitching side. So, you know, it's incredibly disappointing. I think it'll be a warning, um, not that not the teams need it, because I think they're pretty cautious to begin with. And I think this is the reason that you don't see pitchers go as much. Um, But to some extent, it is one of those unpredictable things. And it's not like he tore his, his UCL. It's not like he needs Tommy John surgery just one of those things that happens and you know you can see pitchers get injured you know they throw their back out sneezing like Kevin Pillar did or they there are a lot of weird ways that that players get hurt Uh, this obviously is one of them there is a heightened risk um, of getting injured in the WBC more so than than being on a backfield in spring training so I definitely get that and I think that there's reason for caution but end of the day this tournament has already been a big success and continues to pull in a lot of attention around the, around the world and, and build a lot of interest. So I don't think that this is going to mean that teams stop sending their good players. So yesterday we saw Vladimir Guerrero Jr. make his return to the Blue Jays lineup, and then afterwards he headed to Miami to watch the Dominican Republic take on Puerto Rico, which obviously we see the, the DR not continuing on with the tournament. But I wonder if you had any rumblings that Vladdy would maybe step into the roster if they were able to advance and play um, with his return to, I guess he's feeling better with his knee injury. Yeah, a lot of action yesterday for Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, <laughs> really, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in the game in the morning um, for for the Jays, and then in the afternoon, in the evening, he's down in Miami um, and watching his team in the Dominican. Um, so you have to imagine if he's making that trip down there, if the Dominican had advanced, there's probably a good chance, you know, he packed his bags ready to stay for more than one night. Uh, you know, I don't know that for a fact. I'm here in Toronto right now. I haven't asked Vladdy that, of course. Call but, him, ask you know, him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are my first call of the day. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I would, I would think it's a reasonable guess that that possibility was at least on the table for Vlad Jr. He was very excited about playing in the WBC then he made the call himself to pull himself out of the tournament, 
but now he's back to the point that he's playing in games. And it wasn't just DH yesterday. He was playing first base, got a base hit. He's moving around well. So we don't know. We don't need to know at this point what would have happened there had the DR advanced. But at this point for the Jays, it's very good news that he's moving better, feeling better. And that's, you know, with still a couple weeks. Yeah, two weeks exactly until opening day. Okay, I know this is all speculation and it doesn't really matter, but let's say that Vlad did go play a game or two with the Dominican or yeah, with the Dominican Republic. Do you think people would have been okay with that become coming off an injury where he played one game um, in spring training with the Blue Jays and then ramps up to a pretty big competition with high stakes especially for a country that has a lot of pride in the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I think the Jays you know, of course they want to be supportive, but I, I guarantee that within that front office, there would have been some voices saying, really, you know, is this really what we want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for Vlad Jr., he showed that he was, was really willing to put the Blue Jays first in his decision the first time around. So I think that does demonstrate a kind of accountability to his teammates. Um, and, you know, it shows that he wasn't going to be reckless in, in pushing himself. So I think that probably is is a good sign for the Blue Jays as they move ahead here. Um, But, yeah, that would have been a really interesting one. And I'm sure the Jays are relieved. To some extent, of course, you want your players to go out there and succeed and and thrive on the international stage. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with just kind of keeping them in bubble wrap in Dunedin, Florida for a little longer. Yeah, maybe dodged a bullet there quietly. Um, unfortunate they won't get a chance to, to see the Dominican Republic go, but there's lots of great stories left at the World Baseball Classic, and we'll definitely cover those moving forward. And one of them was Otto Lopez, and I know you were high on Otto Lopez uh, before even his showing at the World Baseball Classic. And afterwards, I think he won the heart of not only Canadians, but some Blue Jays fans uh, continuing there. What's the ceiling or what's the factoring for Otto Lopez with his Blue Jays team this season? Yeah, I was really impressed with what I saw from him. I think that you look at his basketball skills have been pretty apparent coming up through the minor leagues, and now he's starting to show more power with really a home run and triple, a lot of extra base hits for Otto Lopez. And this is against very good competition. This competition in this tournament is usually major league caliber, um, you know, with some exceptions there, but he was, he was facing some really good arms and was able to get results. So for the Jays, it's already such a, such a strong team as we know with that roster. And so it's not as though there's a starting job available, but there is a bench spot available, really one of the two spots on this entire team that isn't already spoken for. So Otto Lopez had already been pushing hard for that spot. And I think this, this showing at the tournament should really only push that ahead. He's ready for the major leagues right now. He's not going to be someone who goes out and hits 30 home runs in the major league season anytime soon. But, you know, if he, if he is the kind of player who maybe gives you a 700 to 750 OPS, 260, 270 batting average, gets on base a little bit, doesn't strike out too much and plays all over the field, that's actually, I mean, it doesn't sound that exciting. But for the 26th player on your roster, It's actually great. And I think Otto Lopez looks extremely capable of doing that, which most teams, they they don't have that at at the very back of their roster. So it's a great sign for the Jays to see him succeeding.
So no matter the bump he's been on here for Jose Barrios, it hasn't exactly been the most encouraging, but maybe there's something within the starts, whether it's for Puerto Rico or the Blue Jays so far, that is encouraging. What are you seeing from Barrios so far in a, in a I guess, a ramp-up process split between spring training and now at the World Baseball Classic with Puerto Rico? Yeah, it's a, you know, I always try to zoom out with these things and, you know, not get too pulled into the uh, pitch by pitch because, you know, if we're watching a, a game between the Jays and the Pirates, you know, I'm not going to read too, too much into what Kevin Gosman does, for instance, um, as long as he's out there making his pitches and building up from a workload standpoint. So uh, the same applies to Brios. Obviously, his first um, appearance with Puerto Rico in the, in the WPC did not go well. Um, and yet, he's, he still has a couple weeks to, to start really establishing the improved fastball command that he's going to need to bounce back from a disappointing 22 season. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be really curious to see how he does moving forward. You know, a couple weeks left now, it is kind of getting to that to that crunch time where you want to be showing, um, you know, that you do have command of your secondary pitches. You're able to locate the fastball where you want because, you know, it's no longer just a matter of just getting onto the mound. But finally, and it's, it's funny how long this spring feels, uh, not in a bad way, but it's such a long spring compared to the post-lockout one that we had. And now it's finally, you know, WBC coming to a conclusion in the next few days. Then you get back into camp. It's really time to show um, where you're at for a readiness um, for the for the regular season. So our focus has been mainly on Phoenix as opposed to Dunedin a little bit over the last week or so. Yeah, we were kind of dialed into Vladdy and that storyline going on in Florida. But, you know, we've been focusing on Canada over the last week or so. So what's been the prevailing sort of headline or story, the thing that's that matters, that's been going on, that have, uh, you know, created headlines uh, in Dunedin and at Jays camp? Well, you know, the good news is Jays camp's been pretty quiet this year, <laughs> which, you know, for for our industry, um, you know, it's not necessarily the most exciting thing, but for the Blue Jays, it's great. I mean, just to have so much of a, of a quiet spring, and that has been the case. I mean, I'd say the big developments in the last week would be Alejandro Kirk getting into games, um, Brandon Belt continuing to get into games, of course, Vlad Jr. getting back into games, those are all significant developments. That's all what the Blue Jays want to be seeing um, here as they as they ramp up. Yusei Kikuchi continues to do pretty well, so he's very much the favorite to emerge as the fifth starter for this team when they break camp. Um, and then behind that, still have some questions in the rotation, but that's not unique to the Jays. I mean, certainly most teams wish they had more starting pitching depth, so it's a real concern for them, but they're not alone in trying to find more pitching. How about Ricky Tiedemann? Because we get really excited for some of these young guys, and then we forget about progression and, and timelines. But he's been a conversation, at least that we've noticed online, and about his excitement of a guy that could be a promise for the Blue Jays. What's the long-term look at his progression and the timeline maybe for Ricky? Yeah, he's on a fast timeline. I mean, to, to be where he is at 20 years old, in, and he was he was optioned out of big league camp um, earlier this week, a few days ago. Um, but at the same time, to stay in major league camp for like half the spring to get that experience against some really good um, major league hitters, close to major league hitters, 
that's a great thing. But of course, then they had to shut him down because the shoulder. So not ideal. And to me, it just reinforces how bumpy these paths can be. And there's always the hope that it's just going to be this straight up arrow to the major leagues. As soon as these guys are on our radar, it's just like, you know, they're, they're basically pushing everyone aside on the way to the majors. And that's exciting when that happens. Alec Manoa did it and some guys can, but that's really the exception and not the rule. And, you know, with Tiedemann, he's already you know expected to be playing long toss again. It doesn't seem like the Blue Jays are overly concerned about this injury. So, you know, their top prospect really doesn't have uh, a different prognosis for 2023 as a result of this. Um, it's really still a year where he could make it to the majors, but we don't know. And there's health that has to happen. And there's performance too, because for all of the stuff that he has coming out there in one or two inning spurts, flashing 97, 98 on the radar gun, he's got to do it, you know, in double a games or triple a games where you have 2000 people in the stands and it's, you know, a, a quiet night in April and you still have to deliver those results. So, you know, it's going to be really interesting to watch because she does have the kind of upside that major league GMs and, and managers really dream about. So it's quiet, as you mentioned, and the Ricky Tiedemann setback does make things a little less noisy uh, or even no- less noisy than it has been already uh, because that's definitely a storyline worth tracking or a progression worth tracking. So you mentioned it, two weeks to go here. It's been quiet. There's not much going on, which is great for the Blue Jays. But if we're talking about what's great for sports writers, what are you watching uh, with intent over the next couple weeks here with, you know, most of the pieces already in place? Yeah, I, I do think that it's the pitching, kind of rounding out the pitching staff, um, the health of guys like Mitch White, Nate Pearson, um, Tiedemann himself, um, because if Pearson is able to break camp with this team, that's a really interesting wrinkle in their bullpen. Um, you know, of course, Yusei Kikuchi seeing his continued progression. Um, I think those are some of the big questions in the pitching staff because, you know, one through four, um, you, you have some pretty established pitchers, and those spots are, are spoken for. But Kikuchi, that's interesting. Pearson at the back of the bullpen, that's pretty interesting. And then position player-wise, you just want to see continued health. I mean, for Vlad Jr., I think until we're seeing him in back-to-back days playing five, six innings, you're just not totally ramped up. And that's fine. You know, the Jays have time. He doesn't need to be ramped up on March the 16th, but watching that progression is pretty key because he's obviously, you know, one of the, one of the best players in baseball when he's going right. So that's really important to the Jays Um, and and really just avoiding injuries. At this point, there are more bad things than good things that can happen for the Jays. And I think the Edwin Diaz, you know, celebration injury last night reinforces that. So you just want to keep them healthy, get them ready for the season. They know they have a great team um, that should be able to win 90, 92, 94 games this year. That's all in the realm of, of what's realistic for them. And knocking aside the Yankees and winning the AL East should be the goal for the Blue Jays this year. Uh, last one for you, and we'll circle back to the World Baseball Classic. Dominican Republic out, Canada obviously out as well. Uh, is as a clear favorite emerged here. Uh, we haven't seen Japan against teams that have been playing, you know, in the United States so far. Uh, but does does one team in particular pop off the page? Obviously, the United States. That's that's a hell of a lineup. But when you look at the entire field, 
Where would you be laying your bets if you had to crown a champion right now? I think the American team is, is stacked, obviously. And if they get a good pitching performance performance from a Wainwright, Miles Mikolas, then you're you're kind of good to go. I mean, that's that lineup is just that good. But the Dominican lineup is almost as good. You know, if not on a certain day, could be better. And Japan, they're playing now against Italy. Last I checked, they were up. And you know, this is a this is a team that has incredible pitching with Otani and Darvish and others. Um, so. Uh, to me, it's Japan, Dominican, and USA, but I have to remind myself, too, you know, these are single elimination tournaments, and it's baseball, so really anything can happen. And if Mexico comes away with this whole thing, I won't be that surprised. You know, if Italy does, I'll be stunned. But <laughs> I, I think at a certain point, like, you get, to a, you get to a level, and any one of these teams really could win it. Yeah, the game currently ongoing. Japan uh, taking control up 7-2 over Italy. It looked like Otani was wobbling a little bit, but they've settled things, and it looks like they're going to uh, take care of the Italians. We'll see what happens in the World Baseball Classic. We'll see what happens over the next two weeks here as we gear up for the start of the Toronto Blue Jays season. Ben, we look forward to breaking it down with you over the course of the year, and thanks for coming on this morning. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. That's Ben Nicholson-Smith, Sportsnet's MLB editor and co-host at At The Letters. And our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Perfectly executed. Teamwork right there. It's like you meant to miss it. It's not missing it. It's a pause for effect. Dramatic effect. All right. We're getting some texts in here for the Wake and Rake, which includes some NCAA basketball. The Valspar begins today. We've got our teams picked. We'll go through those again. The WBC, we've got our teams picked. We won't go through that again because yeah, the, the livers, the liver is not being cooked because it'll be raw. So it's just waiting. It's just waiting for me. The, the liver's the thawing out, ready for <laughs> consumption. <laughs> and the Raptors are back in action tonight, back at Scotiabank Arena against OKC. That's 7.30 p.m. Uh, leaves tomorrow against the Hurricanes. And then both teams in action Saturday. Bring on the picks, folks. This is Specialist Central. You got NCAA and we got Daniele who's going to give us some more picks. You've got Obscure Golf. You know, I like that too. And uh, we got a Live Specialist. The Live gets back underway again. Back underway. Gets uh, gets underway again, I guess, of the course of their very lax season where they just play every now and then and it's a nice little country club vibe for them but they're underway as well and i believe today at 9 p.m felix oj aliasim plays in his quarterfinal match so see if neil in newfoundland has any thoughts on that one just ride with the canadian so lots of good stuff and our bracket challenge is live and ready to be filled out it's not a bracket per se but you use your bracket brain to fill out the google doc that we have for you with a pair of blue jays tickets on the line so find us on either twitter or instagram and you can you can find the google sheet and form there for which you can fill out for a chance to win our contest, and a pair of Blue Jays tickets. We have almost 100 responses now. It's not bad. I mean, a 24-hour rollout, maybe not. No, I have 100 responses. We'll take 100 responses. Let's get 100 more, though. We want it to be a <laughs> good competition for those Blue Jays tickets. All right, check that out. Um, we'll tee up Thunder, or, yeah, OKC tonight, and the Raptors, and all of the excitement happening with NCAA March Madness next on The Wake and Rake. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. 
Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. Baby Friday on the Wake and Rake. Are you sizing up two perfect weeks in a row here? No, I lost last Monday, remember? Oh, right, right, right. right. So, so you're on since a, last uh, Monday, I've won every bet. You're though. on a seven-game run. Seven consecutive winning Wake and Rake parlay pieces from Ailish Forfar. It's a good run. And an outright win on Scotty Scheffler. Never forget it. Which you may or may not have bet, actually, with real dollars. Doesn't matter. I'm one with my heart. So And the Fanex Cup you won. And the Fanex Cup, yes. So that's that begins today. Do you want to go through your picks one more time just for the listeners? We went uh, head-to-head again with our Fanex Cup picks for the Valspar this weekend. Yeah, the uh, the Valspar is underway. We've got a couple pairings through a couple holes. I've got Justin Thomas at 11, Hadwin 22, Justin Rose 22, Davis Riley 30, and Victor Perez at 66. You've got Burns But I 18. got the best, most fun team. That's what I got. Well, I think you got more than just that. It well, is a fun team, but you also have the two-time defending champion, Sam Burns. Mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth, who, you know, we know Jordan Spieth. Wyndham Clark, your guy, Joel Damon. That's where the fun happens. That's right. And Nick Taylor, who was very fun on our show. So, yeah, you got a, you got a vibes team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get vibes. back in the winning column here. Well, back in the winning column. The first uh, entrance into the winning column because you're currently winning the Fanex Cup by $1,000 to nil. It's a long season, Justin. It Don't is. sell yourself short. You just need what, to hit one. What do we do for Masters, by the way? Like, do we expanded fields? Maybe 10 teams, 10 golfers each? I like that. Maybe for the majors, we we try to really... Well, Masters is just a special weekend. We got to do something different. Just, you know, bigger teams, bigger draft. Okay, cool. Um, Today, NCAA March Madness is beginning quite rapidly. So get your picks in once again. Play our pool, our bracket pool. Uh, You can find that at any of our social medias. Let's go. Daniela is our guest specialist who is joining us now. Good morning. Back-to-back days of Gave Daniele. Us some future. What, was the, what was the favorite future from yesterday? Just as a reminder, Daniele? Uh, we wrote down a few of them yesterday. Uh, off the top of my head, we did each region, so I can't remember specifically. I can remember. You don't have one that pops. He liked Creighton in Arizona from the south. He liked Yukon from the west. He liked Michigan from the east and Houston from the midwest. And his, He liked Houston, Arizona, Yukon, and Bama as futures. Yeah. What's the one that you like is in your account that you feel the best about right now? Well, I'm I'm a Houston rider, so I'm okay. in on Houston. Houston. Yeah, Houston. I am. I am. Yeah, that's the one for me. So that would be it. But reminder, those are those are those are more there's value on mm-hmm. like those like Arizona, Yukon, the ones that I mentioned, more value based than, you know, not just picking favorites. So Houston would be the only one really out of that group. I'm putting a Houston in one there. in right now. Okay. Buddy, I already got Houston too. We're just oh boy. we're all team, on Houston. It's a I don't team know. show now. Now Danielle is like, shoot, I'm changing yeah, it up. Jesus, I don't know. Now I'm not. Now <laughs> no, that's our that's our team. That's it's too our late. that's uh, our to quote Cabby. That's our squad ride. We're on Houston. This show is on Houston. Yikes. Okay, all right, fair enough. Okay, cool. let's do it. We'll ride Houston together. Okay, so let's look ahead today. Sixteen games. Oh, um, it's fantastic. It's just immaculate viewing, starting at twelve fifteen all the way till wee hours, wee hours. of the night. Yeah. You can be. You don't have to move from your couch at all. Last game tips off at ten tonight. Um, all right. So like, there's some massive spreads. There's mm-hmm. some 
you know, today is a day where some some big odds have happened here. Um, where do you want to start? Is there like a team that you really want to watch, first of all? Uh, is there a team I really want to watch? That's a good question because I wrote down a few games that I think have mm-hmm. tremendous value. But if you're asking me, is there one that I am really circling and want to watch? I'm just scrolling through it, actually. Okay, you know which one? Duke Oral Roberts is the one mm-hmm. I want to watch today. That that one at 7, seven I think it's 7, 10 uh, tip-off officially. Mm-hmm. That's a primetime game. Two high-powered, potent offensive teams back and forth. Uh, and obviously everybody remembers Oral Roberts from a couple of years ago when they made their, their run. They beat. They were a 15 seed that beat Ohio State. They had a bit of a run. Um, and Duke is a really young, fun, exciting team that's playing their best basketball right now. So that game to me has fireworks written mm-hmm. all over it. I think that's really exciting. So if I had to single out one game that I want to watch just for an entertainment value standpoint, that's probably it on the top of my list, I think. Yeah, and so it looks like Duke is six-point favorites. They are, yep. So that's, uh, that's not too far of a spread. That's, that'll be a good one. There's some that are like 24 yeah. points, like just wild. Yeah, no, I, you know what? Like I, I was looking at the one, if I was looking at, uh, I mean, hard to say. I think Alabama could cover, and I think Kansas actually is probably the best bet, in my opinion, out of the number one seeds mm-hmm. to cover. Uh, they're my, uh, favored by 22 against Howard. <laughs> But I kind of like Kansas to cover today, especially because they got hammered by mm. Texas in the uh, in the what is it the big uh, the Big Twelve championship mm-hmm. game, and so I actually I actually like them to come out with some added juice. They, they they're getting uh, Bill Self back. Actually, he missed the tournament last weekend, had a bit of a health issue. So fortunately, they're getting him back on the sidelines uh, for for the tournament, which is great. So I actually like them to come out and really take care of business. Okay, so a couple things there is the do you have like the favorite bet, the standout bet? Do you want to just run through yep. like what what you got on the card today, and we can uh, feverishly get those down ourselves? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I got three that I circled. Mm-hmm. Um, so first one, um, it's funny actually. Uh, just before getting to this first, the first game of the day is West Virginia Maryland, and West Virginia is favored by three as the nine seed. So that's mm-hmm. a really fascinating line. But I think I I get it from the standpoint of. They they played in at least historically. It's they're in a tougher conference, right? They have they they've been more battle tested. I kind of like their team more too, so I I see that as a nine seed. Uh, then I, there's the game at the first game I have circled as I don't want to, but in, in terms of the spread as an upset spot is Missouri and Utah State. Missouri is one and a half point dogs. They're the seventh seed though. Um, and I actually like them to beat Utah State in this game. So them at plus one and a half is one that I circled. The other one, it's a 12-5 matchup. Everybody loves these 12-5 mm-hmm. upsets. Charleston against San Diego State. Charleston plus five. San Diego State defensive team. They'll lull you to sleep. That's what they're going to try to do. But Charleston hits threes. They have guys that can hit threes. They shoot a high volume of them. I kind of like them. Even if they're not going to win it outright, the plus five, I think they're going to play it close. Because either it's going to be a low-scoring game, it's going to be tight, or Charleston's going to be able to keep pushing the pace with these guys. So I like that one. And my last one is Illinois. Illinois plus two. Illinois has, uh, if I, I'm just going to make sure, it's Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Arkansas is young. Arkansas has got a lot of talent, but they're young, inexperienced. So I kind of like Illinois plus two um, as a nine seed playing in that nine, eight nine matchup. Those are the three I circled for for today. Uh, UCLA and UNC Asheville is the nightcap. I will be home and cool in bed by the time that one tips off. But I am a UCLA guy, and you mentioned veteran guard play. That's what they have there. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, 17 and a half spread. That's this. the The tournament doesn't continue or doesn't really get going for UCLA until at least the next round. 
But where where do you see the you know where do you see UCLA in the tournament scheme here? And uh, should we be betting them in the in the first round here? Uh, tricky. Uh, so I actually think Asheville has an interesting chance to cover this at seventeen and a half. They can make it a little bit interesting because their team is they're frisky in a lot of ways as a fifteen seed. Uh, UCLA, I would be a lot more bullish on Justin if they had Jalen Clark. They just lost him. He's their best wing defender. He's done for the tournament. So that's going to place a lot more pressure on their freshman, Amari Bailey, who's really good, but in a more sheltered role was obviously, you know, better off and better suited for the tournament. So I have, that's my question. Jaime Hawkins, who was on the team from a couple years ago when they had Johnny Juzang made the run to the final four. He's, he's outstanding. Tiger Campbell's one of my favorite point guards, but I have questions a little bit about the front court depth and then losing Jalen Clark is a big one. I, I think with, if he was there, he would, that, that team could have been a final four team. So I still, I still think they win today. I think they, they maybe win a couple games here, but I don't know about making it all the way to the final four and competing for the national championship. Okay. Last one D we don't have you here yesterday. So do you have anything and it's okay well, if you yes. don't anything circled for Friday? Yeah. One big one. If we want an actual big, 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 big upset special, yes, possibly always. Kennesaw state plus 13 against Xavier. Xavier's the three seed. It's a three fourteen matchup. Kennesaw State, they this is their first time in the tournament ever. Their head coach is really, really good. Took over the program when they were 1-28. Uh, I think he played in the NBA. I'm just trying to – I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but 1-28 to now being a tournament team. Uh, they've got really good dynamic guard play. And Xavier, to me, has always been a little bit fraudulent the whole year. It's the same group of players that have been there, it seems like, for 20 years. Uh, honestly, these guys have been there for five, six years. And – just something about them. They also lost one of their more important players in Zach Fremantle. If he was there, it might actually sway my decision-making, but he's so important that him not being there, it's one less big to worry about. And I think Kennesaw State will have the opportunity to really push the tempo. There's a lot of continuity there with that team. Plus 13, even if you just want to play the spread, I think it, they have a chance to keep it close and possibly win it outright. Okay, you're off tomorrow. We know what you're doing today and tomorrow, I yes. suppose. What's like sinking deep into the couch, but is there like a food order? Like no. what, what is, what is, what is, how does D do March Madness? No, just sit in front of the television and watch. That's it. That's it's how it goes. Day. It's very simple. It's just okay. sit there, flip all the channels <laughs> and uh, between all the channels and, and consume as much as possible. That's it. I don't have any traditions or any uh, specific, like, and, and I, I, I'm just kind of boring, but I wish I did, but uh, no, just sit there and, and uh, soak it in. All right, well, enjoy. I like it. Go oh, Cougs. Yes. Go Cougs. Oh, fingers crossed. Now I'm a little bit weary, but hopefully. Oh, no. come on. Come on. That's, come on. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I hope so. All right. Awesome. That's Thanks, Daniele, Pete. the resident <laughs> expert, our specialist when it comes to March Madness and the NCAA tournament. I love it. I was betting live right there with uh, all the tips. Thank you. I was going to do something with a bracket where I picked all of the teams that have dog mascots mm-hmm. and just roll through just back the dogs the Might whole way in. Might have been like in. a bit too on the nose. Also probably takes a lot of time because you're going to have to like do well, research on every nickname. Yeah, I guess. Like so we were we were just clicking, click, click, click during the Tristratus <laughs> interview. We were, getting, we were getting our March Madness brackets filled out right there. Um, but it would take a little bit to, you know, do a little research. Which dog, if it's a dog versus dog, which dog do you prefer? Might a little, what you could might involve do too much brain power. Is if you had the time which who does is to look at the two mascots and think if these two mascots fought in real life, who's the better mascot? Like if you've got a bulldog versus an eagle, who 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 would win that fight? Actually, I have, it's a no really, I have no idea who'd win that one. 
I think you'd um, have. I think the eagle would have the advantage until got it down didn't. to earth. Like if it if you get a hold of it, it's over. So okay, so let's pick a bear. And Although eagles are, they're a big bear majestic and things. A, Baylor bears versus a bulldog. I would go with a bear would beat a bulldog. Yeah, so there so. you go. You'd look head to head at the mascots and you do your bracket. If you have no idea what you're doing, fun. Do your bracket. Mascot versus mascot. The year Baylor won. I think that would have been a good one. So there you go. Okay. I'm on to something. That's not how I did my bracket, but... Well, I, you got about three hours, 15 to I might make another that one. out. Just a mascot versus mascot bracket. Okay, so looking at the wake and rake today, looking to get back to the winning ways. Um, we got a lot of sports on. A lot of sports. Lots of hockey. A little bit less in terms of NBA matchups. Um, but how about the beam team last night? Buzzer beater win keep my streak alive and to keep your futures bet hot. I love the beam team. I'm so much on the beam team. Uh, they're back in action tonight it. with I'm their dogs. It. Yeah, second half of back-to-back's tough. We may, might be able to circle that. Maybe they're the dog of the day. Uh, yeah, um, I feel like we should take something from the NCAA world, but it feels like everyone's leaving, clearing the floor and leaving that to Daniele. Or they want to just like kind of see how day one and two shake out. Maybe that's, you know, I don't want maybe, to get too maybe that's the case. Maybe that's I'm the down case. for that. I'll take whatever D says and I'll wait and I'll evaluate. Okay, I'll, let me get mine out of the way here. I'm just going to take the Boston Bruins on the three-way money line over the Winnipeg Jets. The game is in Winnipeg. But this is kind of a narrative play, I suppose. It's more of a play on an elite team, though. And Boston got embarrassed by the Chicago mm-hmm. Blackhawks, the lowly Chicago Blackhawks earlier this week. I feel like that's the type of team that'll be a little bit angry about what happened. And an angry Bruins team against a team like Winnipeg, who's been kind of less than average, I would say, over the last month or so, I feel like it's going to be easy pickings for the Boston Bruins tonight. So I'll go three-way money line. I believe it's at minus 105. So if you get Bruins at minus 105 every time, I will take it. If you're doing that every game, you are well, well in the money this year based on how they've played. So the Bruins, three-way money line over the Winnipeg Jets is my pick. I'm sticking with hockey, looking to keep my streak alive with the over in the Stars and Oilers games. Two over teams. That's all you got to know. And yeah. Connor McDavid's one point away from 130 points this season. Leon Dreisaitl's looking red hot. Mm-hmm. Both these teams are playing for something. I like the over. It's at six and a half. Get it before it moves to seven because it might be on its way. Hopefully it's not like last night in Colorado and Toronto where it was just like, oh, we could do this, but let's try to be, let's try to make it seem like it's the middle of May, <laughs> which okay. it's not. So Raptors, as we mentioned, back at home tonight against OKC. We have a lot of anchor picks in from this game, which I think we should go with. So let's start reading through them and you'll see a theme, a very common theme. Happy Baby Friday. Tonight, my anchor pick is Pirtle over two and a half assists. Lock it in, Cody and St. Catharines. Okay, that's one for Pirtle. I got Ron and Juliana. Happy Baby Friday. For today's anchor, Ron will go with Mikhail Bridges, as well as, oh, no, sorry, that's over 26 and a half points. And Jules is so happy, fresh off the Steph Curry 50 piece, that she will take the Raptors team total under, under. NCAA pick is Texas minus 13 and a half. I believe they're the two seed. Ron and Juliana giving us some basketball picks today. Okay, here's a doubleheader from Neil in Newfoundland. Good morning. Got an easy win from Sabalenka yesterday. Today going with Yannick Sinner on the money line over Taylor Fritz. Both players are having a great month, but Sinner has been more impressive and has faced stiffer competition. With the more well-rounded game, Sinner gets a win tonight and heads to the Indian Wells semifinal. Sinner minus 130 on the money line. And then since I mentioned 
hey, maybe Neil has picks for Felix. He then texted in again because he's a gem. As for Felix, he was 3-0 versus Alcaraz in his career. Felix has been a bit inconsistent lately, but I don't hate Felix plus three and a half games on the spread tonight. Just got to hope you don't see God mode Alcaraz in this one. Yeah, we're getting down to it with the Indian Wells, and it's a big tournament, so you'd think the cream would rise. Is the cream Alcaraz? It may be. Is the cream... Uh, Yannick Sinner? We hope so, because we're playing Sinner over Taylor Fritz for sure. Next one, Jakob Pearl over 26.5 points, assists, and rebounds. The total will be over 40 tonight. Wow. little value there. Jeff, just Jeff, in Barry, likes Jakob Pertle. Another oh. for Pertle. All right, so Allie in Toronto and I are aligned for the dog of the day. Today for my wake and rake, I like the Coyotes. Yes, you read that light right on the money line. Coyotes are on a low-key heater, and the Canucks are the Canucks. Great value at plus 125. The Canucks are on a winning streak, and those things cannot last in Vancouver. Good things cannot last and there. The, and just like the Canucks, the Coyotes are a team that just refuses to be as bad as they should be. Like, the Coyotes have more money tied up in retired players, at least it seems, mm-hmm. than people actually helping their <laughs> hockey team. And yet, they're, what, 6th, 7th from the bottom of the league standings? Probably not going to get Connor Bedard. Uh, they continue to win despite themselves. Uh, next one, Corey Form from Port Hope here. Today's wake and rake is DeAndre Ayton over 31.5 points and rebounds. I like him to dominate the glass and put up points in the paint against Orlando. Okay, Ian here. I got three from the Raptors game. Fred over seven and a half assists, juiced up a little bit at minus 150. I mean, he's been hitting that though. Um, Shea over 30.5 points um, at 120. But here's the plus money plug. Pirtle over 25 points and rebounds at plus 100. If you're counting, that's three for Jakob Pirtle. Tyler from Peterborough. Oh, this one's sad. Sorry. Ooh. Wake and Rake should cut Justin's pick, letting people down. We, we, we're three of the last four we've hit. Sorry I didn't hit in four consecutive days. It's okay. I suppose. Uh, he likes Dallas Moneyline plus 114. Uh Okay, Tyler, we're not going to play that today. (laughs) Tyler's in the doghouse. Eric from Burlington, good morning. I like the Preds or Kings puck line tonight. Both of them are on a good run, and they're playing terrible teams. I also like the Kings game to go over as well. And that is the LA Kings, I assume? Uh, I would assume that, just because Preds are Kings puck line and puck is hockey. I like the Kings game to go over as well. I thought that might have been Sacramento Kings, but I guess he did lay out. He was puck on the brain. One more just got text in here. Um, Adrian from Burlington, OKC minus 10, Sacramento Kings money line, or Orlando or Colorado money line, Jokic triple-double. That's a lot of things. Yeah, that's too much to consider. Well, we appreciate didn't, the effort. Didn't make the cutoff point. Uh, it feels like it's Pirtle, right? So OKC, It's Pirtle yeah. in some way. So Raptors minus six tonight on, on the spread. Everybody that wants a link from the Raptors wants a little Jakob Pirtle action. So we've got... A few different options with him. Uh, we've got his over points and rebounds. That's the juiced up one. Ian saying that's plus 100. We've got Jakob Pertle over 26 and a half points, assists and rebounds. And we've got him over assists. Well, we have someone going points and rebounds. We have someone going just assists and we have someone going points, assists and rebounds. I feel like it's Still the trio. Three. It's the trio. It's the trifecta from Jakob Pertle tonight. Points, assists and rebounds. Just Jeff and Barry thinks it should be 40. It's lined at 26 and a half. Pirtle's been one of our guys lately. Pirtle, in Pirtle we trust. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm completely fine with putting Jakob Pirtle in a parlay just to be an overall positive influence for the Raptors tonight against an OKC team that uh, is pretty good, better than they should be, but no reason for Pirtle to not put up uh, stats tonight. Okay, let's make our community pick a little bit of a collection of suggestions. So Jakob Pirtle over points, assists, and rebounds. 
That's at 26 and a half. Altogether, we've got the Bruins in regulation. That's the three-way money line. We've got over in the Dallas Stars and Edmonton Oilers game at six and a half. And Jakob Pertl over 26 and a half points, assists, and rebounds. Altogether, plus 519. That's a pretty good one. Not I'm bad. I'm feeling good about that one. Not I'm bad I'm feeling at good all. about that one. Uh, okay, of course, we've got March Madness tipping mm-hmm. off. Uh, Daniele likes West Virginia, Missouri, Charleston, and Illinois, among others. Uh, at the tournament today, and we're all riding Houston. The Valspar tournament is underway. Tr- championship, I guess it is. It's not an invitational, I don't think. The championship is underway. Lots of things going on in the sports world. What sticks out for you, Elish? I'm excited to see the Raptors back in action. They had a huge win last time they were out here. Nuggets, um, I'm looking for some momentum here. Fred had a great night two nights ago. The Raptors are notoriously quite good at home. I'd like mm-hmm. to see them start that back up, get a little streak going. They play most of their next games at home. There's still an opportunity to play in, to try to get up the standings here. It seems like everyone's riding them tonight too. No uh, no real picks for OKC other than the Shea night. I think Shea will obviously come to play. We know that guy well. Yeah, he always does. Guys who are from the area like to show off when they're in the area. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Shea assuming he's playing because he's a guy who takes the odd night off and the Thunder are known to load manage just a little bit. Uh, But if he's playing, I expect a good effort uh, from Shade Gilgis-Alexander for sure. The Raptors still three games under 500, a game back of the Atlanta Hawks for eighth in the Eastern Conference. You'd think they probably, probably have to get to 500 to get in the eighth spot, and we know how valuable that may be because that's a win-and-you're-in scenario even if they have to go on the road uh, maybe to Miami in order to get into the playoffs for one game. But uh, it's important that the Raptors string together wins, and it seems more likely that they do so at home. So tonight is a pretty big one to get a win over OKC at the Scotiabank Arena. So that's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet 1 and Sportsnet 590. The fan, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays at the Baltimore Orioles today in spring training going live at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's at sportsnet.ca slash 590 and the Sportsnet app. And, of course, NCAA March Madness tips off for opening day of the round of 16. It is Baby Friday, which means tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. You're going to wear green? I probably, I probably wouldn't have, but now that you said something... Go Big Green. You have a nice Dartmouth green sweater. I will Better need a reminder it. from you around 9 p.m. tonight would be appreciated. I think we should have some luck of the Irish tonight with our Wake and Rake picks and to start off our NCAA picks. So have a happy Baby Friday, and we'll see you then.